I was getting into that song there, so uh, it was, uh, you know, you get into music and sometimes you forget, oh, I got a job to do. I got some preaching to do, so welcome. Thank you for joining us at the Eugene Church of Christ this morning. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, some of you may be here today because you love your mama, and that's a good thing. Uh, You want to make your mom or your grandma happy, uh, at least for today, so good job with that. Uh, Most kids try to behave and play nice on Mother's Day, and maybe you have a list of things in your mind, certain hot topic buttons that you're going to avoid for the day. Good job with that, too. But whatever it is that's brought you here this morning, I'm grateful I'm grateful for that, and I love my job because I get to be a faithful witness to uh, the love and goodness of God that has been revealed to us through Jesus Christ. There is a God in heaven, and He loves you, and He wants good things for you, and He has a dream of loving you for all eternity. And any walls separating you from God because of your sin or your own bad choices, your selfishness, your stubbornness maybe, God has already made provision for overcoming any of those barriers through the blood of His Son. As a minister for the gospel, I'm privileged to give honor where honor is due. I get to talk about honorable things. And under the umbrella of the honor of God, which is the highest honor that we seek. I get to talk about all kinds of other honorable things, like motherhood. Motherhood, when it's done God's way, it is a very honorable thing. And so the title I came up with for our sermon this morning was Mothers Letting Go. I thought I'd let 1 Corinthians hold for a week, and I would do Uh, a more of a topical sermon for us this morning, just because I was having fun being creative. And, uh, you know, the Bible, I love the Bible because there's all sorts of interesting stories in there that are so odd and so obscure that they actually authenticate the legitimacy and the truth of the Scriptures. You read those stories sometimes and you think, no one could make this stuff up. It's just too weird and too messy. Uh, And so I have a series of strange questions that go along with our theme this morning, Mother's Letting Go. And this is just for you moms out there who like things a little spicier sometimes. Question one, does God have any tattoos? You may be able to answer that fairly quickly. Number two, What ancient Israelite king would you not want to hire as your babysitter? Question number three, what do you do when a woman shows up to church drunk? And question number four, where in the Bible does it talk about a reverse adoption? An adoption is where the parent chooses the child to be their own. A reverse adoption is where a child chooses the parent. I'm just making it up as I go, though. I don't really know what a reverse uh, adoption is. So let's begin with our first question this morning. Does God have any tattoos? You know, it's always a bit tricky talking about things related to parenthood because a lot of us have had moms and dads who are broken people and we're aware of that brokenness. And there's only one perfect parent out there. 
the perfect example to follow along with permanence to build your life around. It's ultimately not found in a mom or a dad, but in God himself. God is permanent. God is the one that you need to build your life around. So Christian parenthood, as we discuss what it means to be a mom or a dad as a disciple of Jesus, uh, it is an issue there. And so uh, some verses that we'll look at this morning. Your, uh, your place and your permanence and your importance to seek the Lord. Teach them to pray. Teach them how to... Our uh, next story comes from an Old Testament book. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before them before him. One of them, she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She one insisted, no, the living one is my son and the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. <coughs> the king said, this one says, my son is alive, and your son is dead. While the other one says, no, your son is dead, and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword to the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two, and give one half to one and half to the other. Not probably someone you want to hire as a babysitter. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave this ruling, gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. Now a king who threatens to cut a baby in half, it should, you just don't have them on your dial list for babysitting. Uh, but believe it or not, there are worse kings than Solomon. Uh, there are worse choices that could be made than Solomon. See, Solomon, he had wisdom that came from God. And that wisdom could have come from one of two different pathways. Uh, wisdom is a kind of understanding. So either Solomon understood something about the dynamics of envy and jealousy, or he understood something about the dynamics of love. Because those two women have, to the same scenario, they react very differently based on the condition of the heart. And so he may have had knowledge of both of these things. So this one woman, uh, a, a person who is under the grip of envy and jealousy, they are incapable of rejoicing in the happiness or success of another person. And in this case, the vice of this woman was so strong that she was willing to accept the murder of a child. The second pathway 
of wisdom comes through an understanding of the way love works. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians when he says, love always protects. It always protects. And so the wisdom of Solomon was he created this situation or this scenario where what was in the heart would end up being revealed. And so he can see where envy is at work. And he can also see where true love is at work. In this story, a mother's love brings her to relinquish her motherly rights in order to safeguard his chi- her child. Just, just let her take him. Let, I'll, I'll let him go. Just whatever you do, please don't kill him. So it's a story of a mother who is willing to let go in order to save the life of her child. Our next narrative is when a priest thought a woman that she was drunk when she showed up. And a little background to this story. This woman was named Hannah. And Hannah was not able to have a child. She was barren, even though she desperately wanted a child. See, in uh, ancient Near Eastern cultures, being a barren woman was a very shameful thing. Uh, And she was constantly aggravated to tears by her husband's other wife, who had children. And uh, so she is constantly uh, uh, stuck in that place of, of shame over not being able to have her children. So that's where our story picks up in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. (coughs) Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman, for I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Well, God heard Hannah's prayer. And in time, she became pregnant, and she had a son who she named Samuel. And after the child was weaned, she presented Samuel to be a servant of the Lord, to minister there together with the priest Eli. So this is a story of a mother who is letting her child go because of a promise she made to God. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life he will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there then Elkanah who was Samuel's father went back to Ramah but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest 
So what do you do if a woman shows up to church drunk? You do nothing. She's probably just praying. And finally, a story of a reverse adoption. This is a story of a mother whose son was unjustly taken away from her, where she didn't have a choice. And that son, as he was dying, he gave his mother a new son and his friend a new mother. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. A reverse adoption of sorts. Uh, the lines of family and the opportunity we have to love and take care of each other in the community of faith. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes the worst we can imagine, it does come to pass. And Mary was forced to let go of her son because of sin and evil done to her son by sinful people. Mary looked on the full weight and shame of her son suffering, hanging, nailed to a Roman cross. So all of these short stories that we look at this morning have something to do with a mother letting their child go. Sometimes moms get a choice when they get to let that child go. And sometimes circumstances may take a mother's choice away. Some of you have broken mothers and may wonder, why did my mom let me go so easily? Others have helicopter mothers. I don't even know if they still say that anymore. And you may feel like, Mom, please, I'm grown now. Leave me alone already, please. Just stop. And still others of us, even though your mom passed away years ago, you still think about her all the time and you still miss your mom's love every day. So two final thoughts and we'll be done. The first one is for those of us who have ever thought, Mom, please, enough already. Stop trying to run my life. Stop trying to run things. Let it alone. Give it a rest. Be careful with your mom's heart. Because if your mom is a disciple of Jesus Christ and she keeps talking to you about Jesus, you maybe have been able through your anger or through withdrawing and canceling uh, to temporarily get your mom to be quiet about certain things. But the reason why it's so hard for her to constantly stay quiet about Jesus is because mothers want their children to thrive. And moms 
have a hard time letting their children go to lesser things. You know, sometimes as a parent, you got to let your kids make certain mistakes and go down certain paths. You can see a little further ahead as you get older in life. And they need the freedom to be able to learn things themselves. But when it comes to the most important things in your heart, and moms or dads, they can see the things that will harm you, the things that will disappoint you, the things that you're investing in that ultimately they don't matter a hill of beans. They're just not important. They want something good for you. Something that's permanent. Something that's worthy of you to build a life on and build a life around. And so that brings us to our closing thought this morning. You know, one way or another, your mom is going to let you go. Your mom's going to let you go. Some moms won't do a very good job of that, and it'll be sloppy. And some moms will be able to let go of their children with a level of finesse and grace. Some moms, they will lose their children to lesser things and evil things. And some moms will lose their children to the Lord and thus keep them for all eternity. But there will be a time that will come when every mom will let go and where you will have to let go of your mother. And even if your mama loves you, there's only one form of motherhood that's going to last forever. And that's motherhood that is hidden with God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, a few interesting stories of letting go this morning. Dad, you can come on up. Sometimes it's hard for moms to know when and where they are called to relinquish control of their children and to be quiet about certain things. But let's go ahead and end this morning where we started. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, declares the Lord. So the question I have for you this morning is this. Have you transferred your dependence from mom or dad onto the Lord your God? He is the only place where fatherhood or motherhood has a chance of lasting into all eternity. And the one who has your name engraved on the palms of his hands, ultimately, he's the only one who will never let you down, who is completely faithful, who can give you permanence, and who will never forget you. Don't break God's heart. And turn to him while you still can.
in order to learn even now how you can enjoy your Creator into all eternity because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Jesus is the Son who was taken from Mary, but Jesus is also a Son who was given freely for you because of the love of your Heavenly Father. Happy Mother's Day. Let's uh, stand and sing together.